What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us here for a very special live Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You guys can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99, but it's more important right now that you guys go check out Ethos Fantasy BB. We're launching our draft guide over there. A lot of fun content is coming out on that side, so you guys should definitely be giving it a follow and checking out sportsethos.com as well for all of our stuff right from the source. But today, we are doing another team preview. We're staying in California after doing the athletics yesterday. We're talking about a bit of a better team, and we have a couple of great friends of mine in the industry here to talk about it with us. Two mentors of mine, too, who have been just fantastic to me over this last year of being in the industry. And it's really great to talk with both of them. They are involved in so many different projects and different websites, different podcasts. They're going to tell you all about it in just a second. Justin Mason and Casey Bubba, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Doing well. Doing fantastic. Talking about the best team in Major League Baseball, baby. And uh, it's awfully nice of Joe to let us come up after the A's. Nothing can go wrong from there. Yeah. It's just all, <laughs> we're just moving on up. It's definitely an improvement. Definitely a bit of an improvement here. A bit of a rosier subject. A team that's, you know, they're coming off of not a great season, but 2021, maybe it was a flash in the pan, maybe it wasn't, but it shows that they're capable of just having some kind of crazy, randomly great season. So it might not be all dark skies over San Francisco, even though it hasn't been the greatest offseason for you guys. There's been a couple of near misses with free agents. Uh, you know, Judge and Correa, it was a bit of a weird, messy situation with a couple of different guys. But before we really get into that, I'm going to let you guys tell us all about the great stuff you got going on. Bubba, why don't you start off with letting us know about all your great work? Well, you just follow me on Twitter at BDNTREK and you'll get all the goodies there, E-N-T-R-E-K. But the Bench with Bubba podcast uh, coming at you multiple times a week. I got Bubba and the Bat Flips on Tuesday, um, Bubba and the Bloom on Thursdays. Quick hits for DFS will be back during the regular season. And then writing at uh, Gaining the Edge Fantasy. It's a Patreon with uh, Michael Simeone, Mike Curlin, and Jorge Montanez. Fantasypros.com, which I found out recently. I have a new friend over there as well. And um, I think that's – oh, and Baseball HQ. Gosh, it's always something. Baseball HQ. I do some golf stuff. That's that's baseball. So just follow me on Twitter. I'll, I tweet way too much about what I do and not much else. You do great work. Bubba in the Bloom is one of my favorite podcasts. Bench with Bubba in general. Really appreciate when you've had me on there. It's been a great time. And especially when you got my buddy Ryan Bloomfield on, those are always great shows. But Justin, why don't you let us know about everything you got going on right now? I don't got much going on. I mean, it's never pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty quiet time of year. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm on the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. I'm the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. TGFBI podcast going to be starting up here uh, again in the near future as well. Uh, I write daily at Fangraphs. Uh, I'm writing regularly now at Fantasy Pros with Bubba. Um, and then I own Friends of FantasyBenefits.com. Uh, Potapalooza is coming up in about 10 days or something right. like that. Right so the corner. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have the schedule worked out tonight. So that'll be all ready. Uh, you can uh, enter to win awesome prizes. Uh, you know, we're going to be uh, doing a two day live stream event for Potapalooza. It's a fantastic time. Um, and then TGFBI kicks off uh, here in uh, just a little less than two weeks. So that's going to be an absolute blast as well. And you can still get in TGFBI satellite leagues if you aren't in TGFBI. Win your way into next year's. Uh, go to TGFBI.com to sign up for those. So not much going on. Not much going on. Just one or two things. I'm very excited for TGFBI. It's my first year going to be involved in it. And it should be a lot of fun. 
Uh, Potapalooza, I sent you in the thing late. We'll talk later. I'd love to be on if there's still availability. Oh, no, I'll, I'll get you on, buddy. I Don't sent worry. in the, uh, the form. There's always already, room. There's always room. Graphic. But yeah, I'm happy to uh, happy to participate if there's room. But we have a fun topic tonight still with the San Francisco Giants. There are some players, despite, like we said, off the top, some disappointments in free agency, but still there's a lot of things to like with this team. We're going to go through the lineup from top to bottom. We're going to talk about the starting rotation with a couple of names that I really love, and we're going to touch on the bullpen at the end. But let's start off with the top of the lineup and Tyro Estrada. I like the projections. I like what he did last year quite a bit. Justin, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on Tyro Estrada for this upcoming season? Do you like his outlook? Do you like his draft price? Where do you stand on him right now? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be kind of a sad podcast for me because I'm not going to talk about a lot of guys I really love uh, in terms of fantasy as much as I love the Giants as a team. Uh, But Tyro Estrada is like one of the few exceptions on this team. He's eligible at both second and shortstop. Looks like he's going to lead off. Uh, I know that... The Giants have been uh, known for their platooning and being frustrating for fantasy uh, players, but they don't have the depth that they once did, especially in the infield. And so I think Tyro Estrada is going to play pretty much every day. He may not play at the same spot every day, but I think he's going to play every day. Uh, And I think he's kind of a sneaky good value right now in the market. So uh, Tyro Estrada does a little bit of everything. um, And uh, and so he's not going to hurt you in any particular spot going to lead off and so it could be a really sneaky source of run so i like tyro shot a lot i like him a lot too i mean i've seen a lot of people saying that they don't think he'll be able to repeat what he did last year the projections seem to think he'll do pretty much exactly the same thing when you look across the board maybe a couple less deals depending on where you look but the l looks pretty good bubba do you share the same sentiments as uh, justin yeah i'm team tyro over here as well i've been drafting him in a lot of places over the last couple weeks adp is like 177 in draft champions Totally good with that. He might even gain outfield eligibility at one point in time. They're talking about throwing him out there. When when I hear teams talk about stuff like that, that just shows how much they want to keep him on the field. They're finding other places for him to go, kind of what Justin mentioned. And you got to think about the Giants, the depth Justin mentioned also. As much as we've loved Brandon Crawford for years, he ain't playing 162 games. Um, there's, there's holes at second base, even third base. Like we'll talk about David VR, but who knows if that'll pan out for, for the whole season. They're going to find a way to keep that row on the field. And um, people point to like the barrel rates and the hard hit rates aren't ideal. They're not great, but they're good enough for me. When I see a guy with a 109 max EV that shows when he does hit the ball hard, he hits it very hard. He's got that ability in his bat and he's young. He's 26, 10 to be 27. So I'm a big fan of what we see here. And, you know, it could be coach speak and we'll hear it from a lot of coaches. Kapler, one of the first things he said at FanFest is the size of the bases, they are going to run and run and run this year, and Thyro will be a main point of that. So I, I like Thyro a lot, and I wouldn't be surprised if he puts 20 stolen bases on the board again. So, yeah, I like him. Especially because he's, like, the only one on that team that can really run. True, without, like, a hip popping out or something. Yeah. About it. Yeah, that's true. There's nobody really – And I, I want to I echo Justin's initial statement. As much as I love the Giants, there ain't much on this team, especially offensively for fantasy. It's, it's a better real-life team than a fantasy team, yeah. uh, and I don't know that it's going to be that great of a real-life team. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> they don't look terrible. I mean, they broke even last year. Do you guys think that they're going to do worse than last year record-wise? I tend to think they will. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I hope th- I hope they surprise me. You know, I mean, this team won 107 games <laughs> just a year ago or a year before last. So, you know, who knows? Maybe they surprise me again. But it just seems like such a risky uh, team with so weirdly put together. Uh, I know they 
definitely got screwed by the Korea thing, especially because yep. it made made it impossible for them to like pivot and sign Dansby Swanson or someone like that. So um, I think this is still a team in kind of rebuild mode. I think the 107 wins it gave people some weird false hopes because uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. So uh, I think, you know, stick with a plan, keep rebuilding this farm system. They'll be fine long-term, but no, I, I'd be surprised if they even finished third in this division. Yeah. I kind of echo those sentiments as well. Like I'm, I'm shooting for the stars. Obviously I'd love everything about winning all the games, but realistically they're gonna have to run as pure as pure can be like avoid the injuries the platoons are going to, have to work perfectly jock might have to hit 30 home runs like there's just so many things that have to take place for it to work it could happen but you have to it doesn't happen that often to have everything work out perfectly in a, in a 162 game season and um, I, i'm hoping for the best but i'm being realistic as well yeah there's probably no playoff aspirations for this team but i mean despite the fact that they're not the most interesting team for fantasy there's still a couple of more names who might be a little bit interesting uh, second in the lineup, or projected a bad second, is Mike Yastrzemski. Projections are not bad on him. If you look at ATC, 19 homers, 5 steals. The batting average is not expected to be too great. Any interest in Mike Yastrzemski, Bubba? Kind of. Like I'm not in love with it. It's If you're in a deeper league and you're looking for um, like later outfield help, an ADP of 437, it's got some appeal. Uh, Yaz is only like a couple years removed like, from hitting 25 home runs, hitting 224 a year before that, and a shortened season at 297. Um, the Babip's been down tremendously the last two years, and he's a guy that will benefit from the shift. I know like we're still speculating, and maybe it's still pure speculation, but he's a heavy pool ground ball guy, and that could help him a bit, get him on base um, towards the top of that order. Hopefully the power comes back. That's what you really care about, but uh, he still has decent OBP skills. I think there's still 20 home runs in that bat. Even the projections got him between 18 and 21. It's just a matter of can he get that average up. I think it's definitely going to rebound in a nice way with the uh, the shift being gone, how much, that's the million-dollar question. But if you're looking for outfield help after pick 400, I don't hate it with Yaz. I think there's still something there. Um, he is you know, going to be 32, but I think there's something there. They want to play him every day, so you got that going for you. Surprising that he's 32 years old. It feels like he's younger, but it, it is, he is 32. I think it's because he came Baltimore up a little, legend. He came up a little <laughs> later. <and> then, <laughs> debuted a little bit later in his career than most people do. But where are you at on Mike Yastrzemski? Well, I'm Justin, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think he's fine. Like where he's going, he like he doesn't really hurt you Um, because, I mean, most likely you're only taking him in like a deep 15 team mix or uh, a draft champions. And I think, he, you know, where he's going, he could probably be a cheap source of runs. I think he's going to bat fairly high up in that lineup. And he is going to play every day because the one thing we don't talk about enough in fantasy is defense. And he's the only outfielder who can play it on this team um, other than uh, Austin Slater. But you've got like guys in the corners who are going to be potentially uh, real deficits in terms of their defense for this team. This was the worst outfield defense in baseball last year. Uh, So I think he is going to play every day. Uh, is he going to be like a major breakout again? No, like I think he he's fine. He is what he is. Maybe we do see a little extra power this year, but uh, and maybe he does benefit from the shift not being uh, as drastic this year. But he, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, maybe not the most exciting player. Maybe there's a chance he can get back to what he did a couple of years ago, but not somebody that you should be targeting. And in your more shallow leagues, he's more of a deeper league guy. Uh, Justin, to throw it back to you here. Mitch Haniger, the new addition to the team, 
he had a down year last year, but he was also injured for quite a bit of the season. If you look back to 2021, he played the whole year. He had 39 homers, 110 runs, and 100 RBIs. Can we see something like that again from Mitch Haniger? I mean, he's pretty decently priced in drafts. Are you willing to, to take a chance on that happening again? I have not been willing to take a chance on him in drafts, not because I dislike him. I love Mitch Haniger on a per plate appearance basis. I think he's a really, really talented outfielder. The problem is he doesn't stay on the field. He just gets hurt all the damn time. And now he's in a situation in San Francisco because they brought back Jock Peterson too and have Michael Conforto uh, that he really needs to play the field pretty regularly for this team. Uh, and I think that just opens him up to getting injured more often, especially in an outfield that isn't as easy to play uh, in right field as other places. So I'm a little skeptical that he's going to make it through a full season and therefore I haven't drafted him, but like, I think the price is fine. I mean, this is a guy who was a top 150 pick and then going in the last season. So um, yeah, I, I don't mind the price at all. I think I would take the gamble on him in kind of a shallower fab league, but uh, in like your deeper mixed or in a draft and hold, I'm probably staying away because I think there's a chance that he's going to miss a large portion of the season again. Bubba, what do you think? Similar to Justin, I'm not, I guess, as pessimistic on it, but I agree with what he said. There's definite concerns when it comes to Hanniger's health, but the two years he stayed healthy, he's been a game changer for fantasy. So if you want to take the risk on him, we, you're going to get a ton of power because I don't care if it's San Francisco or didn't Seattle. That's totally fine. Um, the defense is less than ideal. I can see him getting stuck in triples alley and ending the season. But um, – it's one of those if, – if you're looking for some later power in the outfield, I get it. Like, if you're just looking for later power, Rowdy, Rowdy Telez is going out at the same time as him. I'd, I'd rather have Rowdy. But um, if you're willing to take the risk on Hanniger, I get it. And that's where, to Justin's point, much better a pick in a shallow league than in a deeper league where you can have the replacement value around to replace Mitch Hanniger. So I don't dislike him. It's not – I think I've got him in, like, one or two of my handful of leagues. But it's not – I'm not making a point to go get him. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Hoping for, you know, what he could do with 2021. But realistically, even the projections are already back, like expecting about 120 games or so. Uh, that might be like a best case scenario for him at the end of the day, unfortunately. Uh, but if we keep going to the middle third of the order, Jock Peterson, who seems to go very hot and very cold, uh, depending on what time of year it is, very randomly uh, going on little streaks and ending up at the end of the season, usually you know producing a decent line, but it does come at the expense of certain weeks, specifically in your head-to-head leagues. Uh, Bubba, what are your thoughts on Jock Peterson for this season? Um, he, I, I'm always torn on Jock Jams here that I like him a lot. The powers are like legit 23 homers last year. Projections even have him for that again. Um, the average, I wouldn't expect 274, probably back to his 240-ish, makes more sense. Bright side is similar to the Thyro, not as much as I love Thyro, but they're trying to play him at first base to have a backup to Lamont Wade because Wade's always hurt. Like if something were to happen to Wade, you could have Jock playing outfield DH and first base a lot, so they're going to keep him on the field. They even started to let him play versus lefties a bit last year, which was big. I kept him in the lineups. That was always the, the bugaboo is he'd sit a lot versus lefties. I haven't gone all in on him the way other people have. I like him. I think he's good. Honestly, I'd rather probably gamble on Yaz 200 picks later than take Jock. But um, I'm not like against Jock Peterson. It's just not a guy I'm in love with. Yeah, I, I think that that's totally fair. Justin, are you interested in, in Jock Peterson right now? I mean, not really. I, I don't love these guys that 
uh, oh, strictly platoon. And that's what Peterson's going to do. I know they're, they're, you know, they're talking about doing the plan at first thing, which I mean, to me, I guess doesn't make a ton of sense necessarily. Uh, but it's because Wade's always hurt. Yeah. And they, and they want to unclog that DH spot if possible too, to, you know, put other guys there and improve their outfield defense. Uh, I mean, for what he is, he's fine. He's a guy who can hit potentially 30 home runs in spite of the fact that he's a strong side platoon guy, but he's never been able to hit lefties and he's not going to, uh, I know he's come into shape in the quote unquote best shape of his life, uh, which I never believe. So like, we're not going to see like an uptick in stolen bases or anything. He is what he is. He's a, a really good, strong side platoon bet. If your league calls for that, he makes a lot of sense. I know only 15 team mix, um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, and those daily changes leagues, I like to play in a lot of daily mm-hmm. changes leagues. You just put, them in, just put them in there against right-handed pitching. You know, if it's a weekly league, you do run the risk of maybe he plays only two or three times. I, I like to mix it up a little bit of daily, a little bit of weekly, but definitely more appealing when you can change him out uh, when there's a lefty on the mound. And he probably won't even be in the lineup that day. But if we keep going uh, to number five in the order, it's Michael Conforto, and it's hard to really gauge what exactly he's going to be after not playing last year. Justin, what are your thoughts on Conforto? The price is at two, about in the 250 range right now. I feel like it's going to keep going a little bit up and up as we get closer to draft season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it could be going up 50 picks as of next week, right? We see him in a game, hit a bomb or something like that, uh, and all of a sudden the uh, the Michael Conforto truthers are going to be out and about. Uh, I have stayed away from him all draft season because of the injury risk. I mean, it's a guy that, you know, we have not seen play in quite a long time. So uh, until I see him play, I'm probably out. And after I see him play, if he shows me something that makes him worth drafting, I think everybody's going to be more excited than I am. So I'm unlikely to end up with Michael Conforto on any teams this year. And I'm okay with that. I'd rather miss out this year and then I can buy back in next year. Yeah, I would agree with you there. What are your thoughts, Bubba? Yeah, one thing I always like say is I'm okay being wrong on a person. I'll like I'll eat that L if that's what it takes. I would be happier than happy to be wrong on Michael Conforto. I'm not going to draft him right now because even like the reports about his health are still mixed right now. How healthy his shoulder is? Like I haven't heard anybody say it's 100 percent ever, and that's like not a comforting fact either, especially for a guy that missed an entire season because of it. So I'll pass. I hope he's healthy. I hope he hits 35 home runs. I, I don't like whatever he can do. I'm just going to pass on it this year and um, let someone else deal with it. Yeah, if he can produce this year, maybe I'll buy back in next season. But as of right now, I mean, maybe if you're in a shallower league, like where he's going, he might be like your last pick kind of range there in the 250, 260 range, maybe because you have replacement value. But I'm not in love with him for this season. He's not somebody who is a target of mine by any means. Um, The next guy we're going to talk about, David VR. I don't really know what to think about him. I've heard a lot of people talking him up recently over the last month or so. I've seen some tweets about him. Bubba, where are you at on David VR right now? Well, where I'm at on David VR right now is the fact that his uh, ADP is almost 600, and he should be the starting third baseman for the Giants, and that appeals to me in a big, big way. Now, will he be there the whole season? There's still J.D. Davis, but they're both right-handed, so let's figure that one out. Um, So you can't use the platoon card there. The Giants wanted to be VR. VR in the minors has shown awesome power. He had 27 home runs in AAA last year to go with nine in the bigs. He had 20 in 2021. He said for average in the minors. Didn't really do it this last year. Uh, the biggest concern I have is the strikeout rate got up to 
in his 52 games with the Giants, 181 plate appearances. It was usually around, it was 25% and 21 and 22 in the minors. So that's going to come back down. If it doesn't, then we are probably in trouble. But the power is legit. 224 ISO in a short period of time. It's kind of in line, if not a little worse, but still outstanding than his minor league numbers. The power plays, that is proven. Can he limit the strikeouts a little bit, bump the average to maybe, let's say, 250? And if he can do that, he's going to be a heck of a ball player, regardless of his ADP. I think he's a great play. But um, I think I'm, I'm very intrigued with David VR. We'll see how how many how much legs that has. But at 26 years old, I think it's a good good chance to see what he's got. I'm just filtering in just the most recent 12 uh, February drafts. And he's actually like going almost inside the top 500. Sometimes as early as 440s. So he might be a bit of a helium guy, but still, regardless, uh, if he shows any bit of that power that he had the minors with the plate discipline, you know, even though he's striking out a little bit more than we would want. Uh, you know, the walk rates are 10%, sometimes even as high as 15% in AAA last season. So could be a big value there, uh, maybe even if you're in an OBP league, if he keeps that walk rate up. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on BR? Do you agree with Bubba? I mean, where he's going, it's fine, right? Like he's, you know, one of the last picks of a 15 team, you know, 30 round draft uh, or a draft champions type pick. Uh, so fine. Yeah. Take a gamble because there is a chance he is starting. Like I mentioned, the Giants don't have that depth in the infield that they uh, used to have with Longoria and Belt and guys like that. So uh, would it shock me if he's the opening day third baseman? No, it wouldn't. It also wouldn't shock me if he's part of just a really, really frustrating rotation at third base because they do have J.D. Davis. Uh, you know, they got Wilmer Flores, who they just signed to a brand new two-year extension. So I I don't know that I buy his his uh, contact skills at all. Like, I mean, this is a guy who had a 75% zone contact. That is well below league average. Uh, and, I mean, he's a guy who's had as high as, like, 18 90% swing strike rates in the minors. Like, I, I don't – I just – I don't. I think he's a quad A player, to be quite honest. And he's probably too good for AAA. He's probably not good enough for the majors, but he may get an opportunity. And in deeper formats, you take that dart throw and hope it works out. Interesting. I mean, if you're in one of those deeper leagues, you know, if you're in like a thirty round draft, uh, what, maybe with your last pick, I don't think it hurts. But definitely an interesting uh, point of view there that he might not actually potentially will be a major leaguer in the long run. Uh, it's interesting. But let's move on to another guy who has been a major leaguer for quite some time now. He's actually just one year removed from his best ever fantasy season, and that's Brandon Crawford. Now, this past season was nowhere near as good as 2021. But, Justin, is there any chance that Brandon Crawford can maybe come back to life, or is he kind of uh, no longer a fantasy asset in your eyes? I mean, I think he makes sense in like a draft and hold, right? Because he's going to play pretty much every day um, as long as he's healthy. I mean, they may give him a few extra more days off just because he's old. But as long as he's healthy, he's going to play. He's going to play and he's going to play shortstop and he can just compile. Uh, and there is that like 5% chance that he turns back into the player we saw a couple years ago. I don't think he's going to, but... Uh, he makes this Giants team better from a defensive standpoint. So he's not losing time if he's healthy. So uh, in NL only, in a draft and hold, makes a lot of sense. Anything else, he does not make any sense at all. Bubba, where are you at? Yeah, I completely agree with Justin. Like I've, even, I've taken him as like my fourth shortstop in drafts and holds. Like It makes a ton of sense for that death piece because he will play 
hopefully like 130 games or so. It's a matter of health. He had a bunch of injuries last year. Sometimes I feel like he got brought back too early and really didn't get to completely heal up. But defensively, he's a beast. He's never – I don't think we'll ever see that offensive season we saw two years ago ever again. He is going to be 37. Um, he was pretty angry with the idea of them bringing in a shortstop and moving him to third base. He did not like that idea. So he gets to go back to shortstop, which will make him happy. But at the same time, these are going to be like his twilight years with the Giants. So um, like his defense, deep, deep leagues, he's got some some viability. Otherwise, don't expect the moon from Brandon Crawford. Yeah, I would tend to agree, especially at a position like shortstop where it is relatively deep. Uh, I don't think there's any need for him, especially in your shallow leagues. You know, draft and holds are different. Pretty much everybody with a pulse has viability, but a lot of people who are probably going to be listening, you play in your 12-team leagues. Uh, I don't think we've kind of seen the end of the Brandon Crawford value train. Uh, but projected about eighth in this lineup, Lamont Wade Jr. Bubba, you have any interest in Wade Jr. for this season? I kind of liked him in years past. I'm not in love with him this year. So many injuries last year. Um, they're Like I said, they're, they're trying different guys out of different positions to kind of already prepare themselves to not have Lamont available. He was a great story in 2021, but so was most of the Giants team that came out of nowhere to do things. Uh, I think Lamont's a – I guess you could use this term with most Giants. Like if you're in an NL-only league or something, there's probably some legs to Lamont, but I really have no interest in Lamont Wade Jr. Justin? Yeah, I pretty much agree with Bubba. I, I mean, it's in a, a daily moves format that's super, super deep. Uh, you know, you can platoon him uh, against righties at nighttime because he's he's great at nighttime. Yes. Uh, and that's about it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I just I I honestly don't care about Lamont Wade from a fantasy perspective. Fun player to root for on your actual team, not the player you want on your fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Now, the last guy projected to be in the starting lineup, and he will be in the starting lineup. That's Joey Bart, uh, the backstop. Justin, we talked about him a couple weeks ago on Sleeper in the Bus. Neither of us were terribly interested in Bart. What are your thoughts on him this season, though, for people who might have not heard uh, the last podcast we were on together? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy who murders fastballs and can't hit anything else. Uh, It's just a massive problem when you get to the major league because not everybody is going to just throw at you uh, fastballs. But he's a hard guy to... Uh, to really evaluate because I'm a fan and I watch so much of them. And there are times where I see him hit a ball and I go, oh man, that he is going to be a star. And then he has no idea what to do with a change up or no idea what to do with a slider. Uh, and so he ends up hitting like 215 and, you know, doesn't hit very many home runs because, you know, pitchers have books on him. So until he makes massive changes with his ability to hit off speed and breaking stuff, I don't think anything's really going to change for him. Is there a possibility that he figures it out at some point and uh, at some point and becomes a star? Absolutely. I'm just not betting the farm on it. Uh, I'd rather have him as a catcher three in a draft champions than a catcher two in any other format. Yeah, I had him uh, as my 30th catcher in my rankings, somebody like maybe at the very back end for a C2, but I, not somebody that you need to have on your roster by any means. He strikes out way too much for me to be really interested in him. Bubba, where are you at right now on Joey Bart? Sounds like the Giants version of Pedro Serrano, by the way, Justin so, so, to, talks about him. So I'm not I'm not on uh, Joey Bart right now for a couple of reasons. He's just, like Justin said, so inconsistently bad it's crazy like he does show us signs of life for like a week and you're like oh my goodness this is gonna be awesome and then he disappears again um there's that there's the rumblings you know there's a four catcher race i think part of that's to kind of put a spur under joey bart's butt to tell him hey it's really your job kid but the leash is very short 
they did bring in Roberto Perez, who, um, you know, there's a lot of veteran stuff there. And the one to watch is Blake Sable. I believe it's Sable that they, um, he's a rule five pick. They picked up the, a lot of glowing reports on Thursday from the beat reporters interviewing Kapler and Sable. He's been working with the pitchers all off season. And Farhan even said like they want him to be a full-time catcher, not an outfielder. And he's a real five guy. So that comes into play as well. So there's a lot of things working against Joey Bart if he gets off to a slow start. And for that reason, I want nothing to do with him in fantasy right now. Yeah, absolutely agree with both of you. He's not somebody that is on my radar at all. If you're in a two-catcher league, like, and, you know, he, you get stuck with him at the end, and that's, you know, it is what it is. I think he'll probably get, you know, a decent amount of playing time, but he's not really somebody that you need to be focused on at all. That's the end of the starting lineup. Now, in terms of the bench players, there's not really so much to be interested in. Maybe Wilmer Flores, maybe J.D. Davis. Bob, do you have any interest in any of those guys? I would love to be interested in J.D. Davis if I ever knew he'd actually play regularly. Um, that's the conundrum. Like we, Everybody and their mom knows how hard he hits the ball, all these great things he does. It's playing time. If we knew he was locked into a job at least five out of seven days a week, I'd be very interested in him. But I just can't be interested in any of them until I know that they're going to play. Yeah, uh, Wilmer Flores is being drafted like pretty high up too. Like if you're talking about a, a DC, like almost inside the top 300, he's not projected to have a starting role. Maybe he'll you know get some spots here and there throughout the infield because he can play all over the place. But I wouldn't be rushing to draft them uh, either. Of them really, Justin, where are you at? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Wilmer Flores is interesting, but not at his current price. He's gonna play a fair amount. Like it's just he's gonna spell everybody in that infield uh, out. You know, he'll. He'll play second base. Tyra Shot will give Brandon Crawford a day off. He'll play third base. He'll play first base. Uh, he'll DH sometimes, but like I, the price is too high, like you just mentioned. Uh, Austin Slater will steal 15 bags. You just will never know when. Yep. Um, so it, it'll probably be on your bench if he's on your team or on the waiver wire, but he will steal some bases. Uh, and if the Giants are going to run the way that uh, Kapler said, he's one of the few guys on this team who can run. So uh, he's the guy to just kind of keep an eye on on your waiver wire or in a draft and hold. But other than that, no, nah, I don't really care. Yeah, he's one of only two players by ATC projected to steal more than 10 bases. This team is not going to be particularly quick around the base paths. But that's pretty in-depth uh, there in terms of the position players. In terms of the starting pitching, I love this rotation. I tweeted it out earlier. I, I love the Giants pitching in general whenever somebody new comes in there. Or even players who've been there for a little while, they tend to be able to, to tinker with something. They rejuvenate a lot of arms. And I think that there's some potential with that uh, for a couple of guys in this rotation. But let's start at the top with the with the pretty undisputed ace of the staff, and that's Logan Webb. Where are you at on Logan Webb right now, Bubba? I'm a big fan. Um, people will point to the strikeouts dropping this last year. He also – that was a large part due to a pitch mix change that he made for – I don't know what reason, but it actually made him a better pitcher, if that makes sense. He actually got more ground balls. His ratios dropped a ton. If you walk, if you look at his profile throughout the years, he's always tinkering with his pitch mix. So I wouldn't be surprised if he sees that and tinkers some more to get the strikeouts and swinging strikes back up. He's still super young. He won 192 winnings last year, which is what you want to see. That helped him get the 15 wins. Um, basically a 303 ERA and 21-29 last year. So almost a below three ERA, but back-to-back seasons. Doesn't walk a ton of guys. If he gets get that strikeout rate back up, he'll be very, very solid, like ace-ace material. The fact he doesn't strike guys out is what kind of drops him down a bit. But elite, like ground ball stuff, um, 
really, really, really good pitcher. So like almost a 57% ground ball rate. I'm a fan of that. So give me Logan Webb. I'll take him as my preferably SP3, but you might have to take him as an SP2 depending on what you're doing. But yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'd be fine with him as my SP2. Justin, you like Logan Webb this year? <sighs> Not at the cost. I mean, I love Logan Webb from a real-life baseball perspective. I love him from a fantasy perspective, but I just love so many other pitchers more. Uh, the defense, like I said, has been one of the worst in baseball. Now you've got uh, new shift rules that may hurt him as a ground ball guy. Uh, I just I don't necessarily think there's another level coming back. If the strikeouts could come back, I could look really silly. But I just at his price, I think he's going a little bit too high. So I'm probably going to pass this year on um, on Logan Webb, unfortunately. The strikeouts did drop quite a bit, going from 26% down to 20%. Now, in the early parts of his career, granted not massive sample sizes, he was closer to what he did last season in the 20, between 19 and 21% range. So maybe that 26% K rate was a bit of an outlier for him. I think if you're looking for bulk, he's probably going to still give you 180 to 190 pretty solid innings, sub four ERA innings. But Maybe he is going a little bit too high. Uh, I, I think that you might be onto something there at 114. Uh, you know, there are a lot of pitchers that you can wait on this season that, you know, are in this general range that I would like at least as much, if not more than Logan Webb. So it might be hard to actually uh, pull the trigger on drafting him. In terms of the rest of this rotation, though, the next guy up is somebody that I think is consistently undervalued. And that's Alex Cobb. I'm always a huge Alex Cobb guy. Justin, do you like Alex Cobb for this season? I don't. Um, I I understand that like last year we had a million Alex Cobb is due. Alex Cobb's getting unlucky. Unluckiest pitcher in baseball, Alex Cobb. And we've gotten a few of them this year already. And people are like, oh, he was unlucky. He's, you know, do some positive regression and everything. But here's the thing. He wasn't that unlucky. The defense let him down. And what is the defense going to do this year but let him down again? Um, And I, you know, so like, I think he's probably going right where he should in drafts, um, but that doesn't mean he's undervalued. And people who are thinking they're getting the steal from Alex Cobb uh, are going to be sorely mistaken when they have to go through the same frustrating things uh, that he went through last year where he just doesn't win games because the Giants let him down. He ends up having a way higher ERA and whip because the Giants let him down. Uh, I think the Giants are going to let him down again. And I think he's going to be... Again, a guy you pick up off on and off the waiver wire and gets articles written about how unlucky he's been. And I will be one of the people writing those articles most likely. Yeah. That was me last season. I was all over him. You know, he did. Maybe it was the defense. But if you look at, you know, the Bab, and, and it does come back to the defense, but you can't help but feel sorry for him. It was Nick Pollock who had a video. Uh, I was on like the, I forget where he had it. I guess it was on Pitchless YouTube where he just breaks down in that bat. Or it was actually a sequence of at-bats where there's like three separate errors in the field behind Cobb, and then it's a grand slam, and it's just, oh my god, it's something out of a cartoon. It was really, really bad. I'd like to hope that he could maybe be a bit better, but even last year, it was a 3.73 ERA, even with the bad left on base percentage with the bad BABIP. Bubba, are you a fan of Cobb for the season, or are you more on the side of Justin here? Well, I'm not on the side of Justin. I'm also not the guy that's in love with, you know, I have to have Alex Cobb. Like, I've drafted Alex Cobb when it's been appropriate for my builds because, like, I do agree he's – the ratios still aren't going to kill you. Maybe the Giants figure out how to, you know, field a normal ground ball. I don't know. One thing I do like about Cobb the last two years, he's really risen that strikeout rate up. That's been big with the splitter and everything. So he's at least adding that to you. The cold water I'll spill on this besides the um, 
defense thing. Before last season, he hadn't thrown 150 innings since 2018. That's my biggest concern with Alex Cobb. He's been an injury risk majority of his time, and he was hurt a little bit last year. That's why he only played in 140 or 149 innings. So that's probably my biggest concern with Alex Cobb. If he can give you 150 plus, I'd be totally fine with this ADP. But uh, between the defense and the potential innings concerns, don't force it. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I've always been been a bit partial to him. So I mean, I can understand the skepticism with the defense. He isn't the youngest guy in the world. He's 35 now. So. You know, I like what he's doing with the strikeout rate. I hope it sticks. I like to think with this organization it can, but it does come with a bit of risk. And I guess, you know, when you're talking about the defense, that kind of would apply to, to every single member of this rotation. That wouldn't just be an Alex Cobb thing. Um, the next couple of guys we're going to talk about are new additions. Sean Manaya. he's the SP3 as of right now, according to Fangraphs. Where are you at on Sean Manaya, Bubba? I'm pretty, I'm pretty interested right now at his current price, but what are your thoughts? I've been an anti-Sean Manaya guy my entire career. Um... The move to San Francisco is interesting. Again, the defense is a concern. Manaya is that guy that either does like an amazing start out of nowhere that you don't expect, or he gives up like four home runs, and it's just the worst night of your life when you, when you roster Sean Manaya. And for that reason, I just kind of avoid the whole Sean Manaya show. Like it goes home run to fly ball rates and all that good stuff. He likes to have his walk issues from time to time. I'm just not interested in that. Maybe the Giants can use some of their Giants magic on him. Who knows? But uh, I will pass on Sean and I and be uh, gainfully wrong if he does very well. Justin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm kind of with Bubba on this one. I'm, I've liked him more than uh, probably Bubba has off and on. I see the skills. I actually really like his mechanics when he's pitching well. Uh, but he struggles to stay healthy. He struggles with inconsistency. Um, and while the Giants have been really, really good at kind of rehabbing some of these washed veterans, I, I just – that def, again, that defense behind him is going to be so bad that I worry that he's going to be unlucky too. Uh, and I think I'd rather go for the other guys kind of at the back end of this rotation, like Ross Stripling, that I think is just a little bit more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, I, I, I'll defer to you guys because this is this is why I talk to you guys because you guys follow the team a lot closer than I do. I look at the last couple seasons, 158 innings, 179 innings. The previous season was the shortened year. He made 11 starts. Health hasn't been a recent concern. He did miss time in 20, uh, 2019. But I think, I, I don't know, I think it's just something with this organization and I see – you know, what they did with Gosman and what they did with Rodon even. And there's, there's so many examples of guys coming in who are not, you know, the I mean, Rodon was good going in there. But there's so many examples of guys who are not the greatest going into their time in San Francisco who came out looking really good. I think it's more the draft price that I'm kind of interested in. Uh, round pick 300. I like him. But we'll agree to disagree there. I'm going to take him in uh, whatever leagues that we're in together, Justin. Let's go in the same TGFBI league together, and we'll sort this one out through that way. Next up, someone who's going the exact same price, literally within a 0.5 ADP of each other, at least in these most recent drafts. Ross Stripling also going right on pick 300. Justin, are you in on Ross Stripling this year? Yeah, I like Ross Stripling. Uh, I think the question becomes – how many innings do we get from him? Uh, but I think where he's going, he's a, he's a nice little gamble. He's also a guy that if he ends up moving into the bullpen, uh, you don't worry about dropping uh, too much. You know, you can try to get him back on the waiver wire later. Uh, but, I mean, he sh- so, sh- showed really, really good skills as a starter 
and if the Giants commit to him as a starter, which it appears they're going to do, like I think he's the one guy kind of at the back end of this rotation that could really jump up uh, and kind of like see we could see another step with you know Alex Wood has injury history uh, that kind of scares you. Manaya has got inconsistency and injury history that kind of scares you. But Ross Stripling, I think he's just kind of a guy who's never had a real shot to be a dude in the rotation, and he's going to get that in San Francisco, which is a great place and a spot for him. So, yeah, of the guys in kind of this rotation, he's kind of my favorite to target on draft night. I agree there. I was very sad the Blue Jays did not make an effort to bring him back as a fifth starter. I thought it would have made a lot of sense. I don't think it was too expensive, the deal he got. It was two years, $25 million. Not expensive at all, and he was fantastic. There was times you could argue last season he was the MVP of the Blue Jays at times, the way he kept the team together. I uh, was going deep into games. He was, you know, very good command. He wasn't, you know, striking out a ton of batters. He wasn't the greatest fantasy asset, but he gave you 10 wins. He even had a save, you know, 3.01 ERA. He was fantastic for you. Bubba, are you interested in him now that he is in San Francisco? Oh, definitely. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan of what uh, Stripling did last year. Adam rostered in a lot of places. The only caveats I'll mention, you know, he, he lowered the, the walk rate a ton. Hopefully that can sustain. He uh, The home run rate dropped tremendously as well. Hopefully that sustains. I think it will. And he doesn't go super deep into games. Like you're hoping for a five, hopefully six innings with Stripling. So that's the only real dilemma with him. But again, at his price and what he can bring to your team, I, I'm a fan of Ross Stripling in a big way. I love him. I'm very much in on him, specifically at the price, 300 People don't seem to be that interested in him. Maybe he'll go up a little bit, but he's not somebody that I expect to be a helium guy by any means. He's not somebody who's going to have a lot of hype around him, I don't think. So they'll probably get him around this price, and I think you should take advantage of him where you can. But rounding out the rotation, somebody that I think a lot of teams would be pretty happy to have as our number five starter, Alex Wood. What are we thinking about Alex Wood for this upcoming season here? Uh, no, please. No? <laughs> No, th- no. Uh, too, too much injury. Like he's a good yeah. streamer. If you can get him on a streaming situation, I can't roster him. No, Justin, what do you think about Alex Wood? I love Alex Wood on a per inning plate appearance, but he falls into kind of the same category uh, as our good friend um, Manaya, who, like I said, struggles with consistency, struggles with injury at times, uh, and also our good friend uh, Alex Cobb who struggles with the Giants defense. And I think that's probably the biggest of the three, but the injury is another big part of it. So it's hard because he's one of those guys you can only really take in a deep league, but you can't really take him in a draft and hold because you actually need guys who are going to stay healthy at at the back end of your rotation in a draft and hold. So uh, he probably is best suited for like a last pick-ish in like a 15-team mix fab league where you can drop him or NL only where you can drop him or, or put him on the IL when he gets hurt. But yeah, I'm just I'm not super enthused. Lo- love him as a player, love him as a skills guy, but ultimately uh, not probably going to draft him a ton this year. Yeah, he'll have some really strong starts. I'm not going to doubt that, but it's knowing when to start and sit him is going to be the big problem. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, the last couple of seasons he's outperformed. His actual metrics, his pitching indicators were a lot better. Specifically this past season, he had a 510 ERA. A 376 FIP, it's really unfortunate because he is a lot better than that ERA suggests. But it's going to affect all these San Francisco Giants pitchers, like you guys have mentioned, Justin, specifically there, about the defense and how it's going to hinder all of them. Uh, And that's not even talking about the health concerns that we might have with him there. So probably somebody that you should be staying away from. Not the most expensive. At pick 338, I mean, you could go either way with it, really. If you're in a shallower league, there's no chance I'm going to be drafting him. 
Uh, he'll probably be more of a streamer. He has a two-step or what have you. Then you'll be more interested in him there. Uh, but let's move on to the bullpen. And we actually have a comment in the chat from our friend Britton Allen, who has just started a podcast here at Sports Ethos called It's Gone. It is fantastic. You guys should be checking it out. It's in your podcast feeds. You can find it on both of our Twitters. But Britton's comment here is regarding the closer situation. Camilo Doval and Taylor Rogers. I mean, a lot of people think it'll be Camilo Doval. Britton here is saying, gents, I think Rogers is the closer. Doval's walk rate in 2029 20, uh, was 3.99 or uh, walk per nine was 3.99, which isn't below average. It's much worse. He had a 7.04 walk per nine uh, in AAA in 2021. Rogers had a better K per nine and walk rate. What are your thoughts here? Let's start with you, Justin. What are your thoughts on the closer situation? I think Britain's on to something. I don't think he's quite right, though. I think this is going to be a kind of a committee. Uh, I do not think Duvall is going to be the quote-unquote guy. If you watch Giants games like Bubba and I watch Giants games, you watch the Giants try to give that job to everybody but Camilo Duvall last mm-hmm. year. I mean, like, I got four save opportunities, and, you know, and I could barely make it to a mound myself walking out there. But uh, at the end of the day, he's the guy who did it, Like, right? Like, they didn't want to give it to him, but he ended up taking it because uh, he was actually really, really good. I don't think they're going to just pull the rug from under him but I do think they gave Taylor Rogers money and I think they're going to share this job uh, and they're going to play matchups and kind of best guy, uh, you know, a month or two into the season may end up taking over. Uh, and that could be Doval, uh, but I don't want to pay the price for him considering I think there's some risk that, to that role. I'd much rather take the gamble that it's Rogers going much, much later than Doval going uh, quite a bit earlier. Uh, but ultimately I'm hoping I'm not having to rely on either for most of my drafts. Uh, Duvall is still going as a top 90 pick where you're getting yeah. Rodgers outside the top 300. Bubba, you're you're thinking the same thing there as Justin? Yeah, yeah. Toby and I just talked about this the other night on our relief pitcher uh, preview that Taylor Rodgers is a really, really strong value, uh, and especially drafts and olds or even if you want to spec late in deeper leagues because I think if anything, it's like 65-35 Duvall, maybe 60-40. And if the Vol struggles at all, Rodgers could take it for sure. So, um, you know, Rodgers had his great time in San Diego. He also scuffled in Milwaukee. Let's not like pretend he had a great year. But we've seen Rodgers do what he's got the pedigree between Minnesota and everything. Duvall, those walks can come up to haunt you in a big way, especially with that bad defense. You know, Justin, I remember watching some games where it was like a walk, a bad like error by the third baseman, a bloop single. Like it was just every possible thing that could go wrong. It went wrong. So, I think it's Duvall's the main man, but he's not the man. So um, as uh, as Sarah Sarah Sanchez would say, she's not the capital T man. So um, I would be hesitant to go that early on Camilo Duvall. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't think there's any need to be drafting him there. If you're taking him, it's probably because you panicked and a lot of closures went off the board right in front of him and you just see the ADP. And a lot of people will see ADP and kind of be beholden to that in their drafts and see somebody going off the board there. I don't think he should be a top 100 pick at this point. You could even I, I just can't see myself taking him even you know top 125, 130. Like I could keep pushing him down probably if I keep thinking about it. Not somebody that I'm really going to be too interested in. Anybody else in the bullpen you guys think might have some kind of chance to compete for saves? Let's say, you know, there is an injury to both of these guys or one of them gets traded or something. Anybody else that might be able to, you know, a speculative uh, draft pick in a DC or anything like that? 
Rebia, they're a big fan of him. He had some moments at times last year. Like he could be a guy. It could be someone from the minors, even that comes up and makes some noise. We have some, so we have some hard throwers in the minors right now that could get a shock. We saw, we've seen that in recent years with the Giants. They brought up some guys from down below. So anybody on the current roster, I would say it's Brebia, um, maybe Luke Jackson. He's got TJ. I don't know when he's going to come back, but um, I wouldn't hold your breath on much else in the actual starting rotation bullpen area. Justin, any thoughts? Uh, for the bullpen, not really. Um, I think for the starting rotation, you start having uh, some interesting conversations, uh, you know, about, I mean, Anthony Descalfani has been really mm-hmm. good when he's healthy and he's supposedly going to enter the season healthy. Uh, I know he's kind of the odd man out right now, but this is a rotation with a ton of injury risk. So, I mean, at some point, he's going to get a shot back into the rotation. And uh, Kyle Harrison um, is a really, really interesting starting pitching prospect, which the team has already said they expect him to be up this year. Uh, For like 110 innings or something. Yeah. They're they're expecting a lot from him. So, I like Kyle Harrison, especially in kind of draft and hold. Uh, I don't know that I want him necessarily in uh, a fab league. I'd rather no. just bid on him in fab and not have to worry about when he's coming up. Yeah. But in a draft and hold, I'll take the gamble and hope that uh, he's up sooner rather than later because this rotation, while it is a very interesting rotation, is built on a lot of guys who aren't often healthy staying healthy. Yeah, on that on that Harrison point, uh, like Logan Webb said he worked out with him most of the offseason and uh, – very impressed with what he saw from the kid. He's only like 20, I believe. He's super young still. So he's a big one. Another guy to mention besides Disco is uh, Jacob Junis is there too. And he looked really good when he found the rotation last year. So they're all going to get a handful of starts throughout the year to keep an eye on. But it's uh, it's been an interesting year in San Francisco. Got a question here from Britton. How many innings does Ronald Guzman have this year? I didn't realize Ronald Guzman was – is he, is he on AAA? Is he, is he on the team? I don't, is this, I don't know. <laughs> Do you guys know? Uh, is he pitching now? Is this a thing? I saw that they, they signed him, but I thought he was going to still play first base. Um, oh, apparently on roster resource, they have him as a first uh, baseman, left fielder, and relief pitcher. pitcher. Um, wow. uh, you That's know, funny. like he's, he's projected to be in AAA, so. Uh, and he's out of options. So, I mean, I'll say uh, he throws two and a third. I'll take the under. Yeah, <laughs> I will take the under too. I don't see him. I don't see him doing much this uh, this season. Let's just say. Let's just say if he's up, I won't see those pitches. So <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the last thing I want to ask you: we already touched on Harrison, but any other prospects do you think might be able to come up this year? Uh, Luciano, Matos, maybe uh, probably not Matos, but any any good buddy in the minor leagues? Uh, any interest there? It's bad right now, man. Luciano's already like still recovering from his injuries, not looking great uh, Luis Gonzalez a little banged up he's technically in the minors he's not a prospect but he's a guy I actually don't mind in deeper DCs if you want some outfield depth he's actually looked really good last year but uh Helio Ramos man he is not the guy we thought he was going to be there's still time obviously to, to hopefully get there but I don't know I'm not the biggest prospect guy but from what I've seen from Giants reports and everything 
I'm not too optimistic on the prospect front at this point in time. Like I said, uh, I sat next to James Anderson at the Home Run Derby in FPAS, and he basically brought to light everything I was already thought was there, but he told me to my face that the Giants farm system sucks. That was the nicest way to say it. Like, he wasn't that blunt about it because he's James Anderson. He's a nice human being. But it came down to like, yeah, the Giants farm system kind of sucks. Justin, <laughs> any prospects? No, I not not for this year. I mean, outside of Kyle Harrison, like he's the only yeah, guy. Harrison's the dude. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys making this work, getting you both together here. I know it's kind of tricky to schedule guests, let alone two at the same time, uh, getting everybody together. So I really appreciate you guys uh, making it all work here. Thank you so much for being here. Anytime. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. You guys want to just remind everybody once more where you can be found. Uh, Justin, why don't we start with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Um, I'm writing at Fangraphs and Fantasy Pros. I'm on Super on the Bus, TGFBI, and uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. Uh, Potapalooza is coming up uh, weekend after next, and then TGFBI starts. Uh, you can donate uh, to win prizes for Potapalooza. Pretty some pretty cool stuff like memorabilia and uh, t-shirts and. Um, uh, kind of uh, memberships to a bunch of different places in the industry, things like that. Uh, you can do that by uh, my uh, via my PayPal, justinmasonfantasy at gmail.com or my Venmo at Justin Salinger. Every dollar gets you a raffle ticket. Uh, and for every $1,000 raised, I'm going to give away a spot in TGFBI next year as well. So if you want to get in TGFBI, try to win it uh, via Potapalooza or win it via Satellite League, uh, which are drafting already. Uh, you can go to TGFBI.com to sign up for those. That's awesome. I'm going to give away uh, a year-long Sports Ethos membership there. You guys should definitely be participating. We are going to be having a lot of fun there. Bubba, what do you got going on, man, with Gaining the Edge and everything else? What is happening in your world? Yeah, on Twitter at BDentric, B-D-E-N-T-R-E-K. Gaining the Edge on Patreon, patreon.com backslash GTE Fantasy. Gaining the Edge Fantasy uh, with uh, Curlin, Simeon, and Montanez, Jorge Montanez, doing stuff over there. Lots of fun, a lot of great content those guys are pumping out. Um, but you know, baseball HQ, fantasy pros, um, all that good stuff. Bench with Bubba, Bubba and the Bloom, Bubba and the Bat Flip. Just follow me on Twitter. You'll get all the good stuff there. We're talking with two people who have their footprints and their fingerprints all over the fantasy baseball industry, and they are two of the absolute best. I really appreciate them taking the time. You guys should definitely be checking out their work. If you want to check out my work, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. But more specifically, go ahead and check out Ethos Fantasy BB. we got a lot of stuff dropping over there, tons of articles every single day. And my rankings are going to be up there over the weekend, so definitely make sure you are checking it out. Until next time, guys, take care, and we will see you tomorrow.